All right. I am here with Adam Hockfelter. Adam, how are you doing? Very good. How about yourself, Ward? Good, good. Well, Adam, I reached out to you because of uh, Dave Campbell's uh, football magazine, which I'll have you know, I think I buy three or four issues every year because my kids want one and then they lose one and then I, I buy another. So that's uh, definitely uh, contributing to the cause. Um, but much more... <laughs> We appreciate interested it. in that interested in that and definitely want to hear the uh, the backstory but i'm you know from a business perspective uh equally as if not more interested in sports and action and finding out about learning more about that um but can we start with the 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 magazine and kind of how that came to be and 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 what your role is now sure sure so the magazine actually started in 1960 uh, 10 years before I was born, um, a sports writer in Waco was the sports editor of the Waco Trib. His name is Dave Campbell. He okay. uh, realized there were lots of national magazines covering college and football, but none covering the Southwest Conference, if you remember what the Southwest Conference was, none covering them anywhere near as in-depth as he would like. And so he decided he wanted to create his own, but he had a great idea, really, the differentiator that's kept us going for 61 years is he included the high school football uh, ranks, previews, uh, team team previews. Uh, he included those in his first issue, and nobody had even thought of tackling that. Um, high school football, if, if you you live in Texas, Ward, so you know it's a, sure. it's a cultural phenomenon. There is no other state that does it to the level that Texas does. They've why do, figured that why, out. Why do you think – why do you think that is? Why do you think Texas is so unique? And, and by the way, I'm originally from, and I, I grew up playing in California. Okay. Um, and it is not, you know, there were a, a lucky, a lucky day for us. And we were a good sized school was maybe a thousand, maybe, maybe, yeah. we, maybe we would have got 2000 in the playoffs in Sacramento. Um, right. And, you know, I, I live near Lake Travis high school now and that's where my kids go. And I mean, that's a good crowd for a JV game. Right. So why, right. why, why is Texas like that? And how did that evolve? You know, Texas, a uh, couple things. First, um, it's certainly evolved to being more than just the football team. So you go to a Lake Travis game, uh, you go to, I live in Flower Mound, Texas, you go to Flower Mound game and you got 300 people in the marching band. You've got a hundred kids on this, on the dance team. You got 50, kids on the cheer team so it's just a way has evolved into a community event where it's just a thing to do on friday nights where the whole town comes together uh, my kids even though i'm a football guy i played football my my son didn't play he marched he was in the marching band and so we went to the games yeah. as a band parent and obviously yeah i'm, I'm football's I do so I went obviously to watch football but Texas has just found a way to involve the entire community in a way that's just a little different one other thing that has been um, fairly unique for Texas that is a differentiator I think there's a couple states that still do it this way um, most of the competition in Texas is uh, well a big portion of it is segregated between private schools and public schools and that's important in the sense of um, Lake Travis, all those kids that you watch play for Lake Travis, they all live in Lakeway or they live in that area. Yeah. So that keeps that community going. Now, I'm not saying other states are doing it wrong, but I've gone to the Florida State High School Championships 
before they're played in Orlando. At least they were. I think they still are. And the talent on that field is just as good as Texas. I, I hate to admit that because you see those kids populate the SEC and go on to the NFL. But it was two private schools playing. So what you had right. in the stands were uh, parents of that of those teams and some really hardcore fans. When Lake Travis plays, whether you know, Lake Travis is a powerhouse, but when Lake Travis plays, the entire community of Lakeway comes to watch them play because they've seen those kids, they've grown up with those kids, their kids are either on the field, marching in the band, cheering, or they're on their way to doing one of those activities. So that community feel is just very different in Texas. Um, other states have great high school talent, but they're plucked to go to private schools either for athletic reasons or other academic reasons. And it just doesn't have that same sense of community. So I think the tradition involving all the extracurricular activities and taking those extracurricular activities beyond football so seriously, and then keeping the private schools and public schools segregated is a big reason why Texas takes it to the, to the level of obsession that we do. And I thank God for that. Cause that's how I make my living. For sure. I mean, that's a great point because thinking back and, you know, as I told you off air, I'm, I'm from California originally, but all the best schools in California are all private schools right, in every major right. city. So, right, right. you know, when I modern day, I think is one, and there, there's some sure, really modern, powerful well, day, day, you know, day, day La Salle is, is, is a famous right. one. They've made movies about, right. But you know, day La Salle is in Concord, but none of those kids are, you know, right within a 10 mile radius of De La Salle for the most sure, part. Sure. And it's a They're great, over it's a place. great product. Yeah. It's a great product on the field. Those amazing, those players team, on amazing players. And if you're really into different. football, you'll see it, but it's different. And, and, you know, like I live to my wife, Tap is a teacher from high school, but I live about two minutes away from Flower Mount high school. And that's just the place to go on Friday nights and the town comes together and, um, or the, this community, we have several high schools in the, in the area, but this particular part of town comes together, watches their team play, win, lose, or not. Because, like I said, you're either your kid is either on the team or some supporting fashion of it, or they grew up with people on the team and you just want to watch them. And that's just a little different in Texas. And what's interesting is, you know, yeah, we've mentioned Lake Travis, Flower Mound is a great school, and in the Dallas area, you know, Metroplex, I guess, you know, you got your, uh, you, you you got uh you know a bunch of your allens you know your desotos right. all these you got you got your katie's down in houston but what i think is also unique about texas is the the smaller schools and just how you know just how uh amazing those fan bases are it, right. it's it's really interesting you know when you when you drive in because you know from california you drive into el paso you know, the one I remember was Van Horn, Texas. I don't know if you've ever been there, but we drove in no, there. And I mean, it's got a, I, I don't know how many people in the town, but it's its not many. But you look at it and the, the high school stadium, you sit there and you go, how could they possibly have a stadium that big in Van Horn, right. Texas? And they fill it. Right. And they probably say, how could we not have a stadium that big? So just <laughs> they, they're, they're probably sitting there saying, we need a bigger one. <laughs> right. Trying to attract. Um, you know, uh, teachers and, and families to come just to see see their kids play. Yeah, two of my favorite stories since I've been doing this, I've done this since 05. Um, we also have a partnership with the UIL, which is the governing body of high school athletics. So we work and help put on the media and sponsorships for all the state championships. And two of my favorite stories 
doing this since 05. One, there was a state championship a few years ago in Houston at the uh, state, uh, NRG Stadium where the Texans okay. play. And a, a town called Canadian, which is in the panhandle of Texas. And if you're not sure. familiar with that, I know you are. But if you, it, is a, it is as far away from Houston as humanly possible. In fact, it was over 620 miles. And yeah. uh, that team put on yellow dog buttons. They, those kids got yellow dog buses and drove to Houston. And I'd be darned if there wasn't five or 6,000 people from Canadian in the stadium that made that trek. And uh, that Odyssey, 600 miles back in, you know, each way, uh, pretty amazing. Second memory that I'll never forget talking, these are about small towns, which is what made me think of, of these stories. Um, uh, gosh, I can't remember how many years ago, uh, the six-man championships, which six-man schools are, sure. some states have eight-man, but Texas has six-man. Tiny farm towns, tiny, tiny, you know, generally less than a thousand people in the towns. Uh, Throckmorton was playing a team, and I don't remember who they were playing, but they're playing at AT&T Stadium for state championship, the home of the Dallas Cowboys. And there was 7,000 people in the stands to watch two teams whose combined population was just over a thousand. So seven times wow. the population, if you do the math on a like a, a town of a million people would be the equivalent of a seven million uh, person attended game. So it was, I mean, everyone that ever lived in those towns, one was Throckmorton, I forgot the other. Everyone who ever lived had a relative, uh, any history, they were at that game to watch. And um, I, I'll just never forget, again, 7,000 people in a big stadium isn't that impressive until you think about the population of those two towns. And that's just what Texas oh. high school football is about. It is, and one of the one of the you know because Lake Travis, we go to the the playoffs every year. My oldest son, he's a sophomore, so he he uh, played with the team in the in the playoffs last year. And it's interesting just to see you know the game before and the game after, which are usually much smaller schools, and there's just as many fans you know for these two A, three A, four A schools, and they're just and and then just the sheer volume of people who aren't even affiliated with the schools who go to especially the playoff right. games. Right. Well. It's town gathering and the community piece is what we pitch and what we sell with all of our high school assets. It's, uh, you know, we're not selling, um, I, we sell some eyeballs in some respects because there's obviously a lot of people that go to these, but we're really selling that community. And that's what's the differentiator between us and, and an NFL or a, or a college. We're selling the, the, the culture of Texas and the communities of Texas. And that's our bread and butter. So let's 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 turn to the the marketing aspect of of your business because it is very very unique and I doubt in any other state there's anything close to the ability to market to high school football programs. So what is that like for your clients and you know what what type of a, a client reaches out to you because you know looking at the website there's there's some large names there and I'm sure you have uh, smaller clients as well. It's probably all over the place. Right. T taking a I'll answer the question, but I want to take a step back. So Sports in Action is the company. We own Dave Campbell's Texas Football. We also are a marketing company, as you were alluding to. So we have the marketing and media contracts for the UIL. So we represent them much like uh, an entity might represent the NCAA for their championships. Sure. Um, and we have some other associations. We work with the Texas High School Coaches Association, which is 25 member, 25,000 member strong association in Texas, largest of its kind in the country. Um, so how we market that, again, is just that community piece. So, so we have a client, a, a corporate Fortune 500 company. We're not talking to their national ad agency. They're not interested in 
those people are buying TV for college football, or NFL, sure. or whatever. Um, we're talking our our sweet spot is a is Texas controlled or regional controlled money that want to do something different, something that differentiates themselves and show that they're part. I'll, I'll use this word fifty times. Our talk we already have to, shows they want to be part of the community. So, uh, you know, it's a fun event to watch your son play for the Cavaliers every Friday. That's a special thing. You will only have a few years of that before he moves on. He probably won't play again or maybe he plays in college. So we try to transfer that special experience, giving our clients access to that, uh, giving that emotional tie. You know, you're, you're watching your son play. There's nothing like watching your kids do anything, whether it's singing, dancing, acting, a player playing football. And we're trying to open the door to, to that community for our clients, give them a special connection. It's a differentiator. It's not as easy to measure on a spreadsheet as ads on a TV uh, network or anything like that, but it's very unique and different. And so we try to deliver sure. that community. We also live in a state, as you know, uh, moving from California that has a very proud a special identity. All states, I guess, do. They all stick their chests out. Not, 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 not like Texas. Te te Texas is just unique. So that culture, we wrap ourselves in a Texas flag as much as we can. Our logo, the Dave Campbell's logo, at least, has the Texas flag embedded in it. We That wasn't obviously an accident. We want to wrap ourselves in the flag and the culture, uh, wrap ourselves in that community. And if we can give our clients access to that in a very special way, we think that's a differentiator for ourselves. And is it is it you know kind of uh, you know uh, mainly large brands? Are there new brands that are trying to get products and services out there? I yeah. mean, what's what's kind of your sweet spot? We have two kind of buckets. So we do have a lot of large brands that either have a Texas, like I said, a Texas pot of money, or Texas control, or Southwest control. We've got, you know, again, so Ford is a sponsor and, and, and Honda is a sponsor. We have two auto sponsors. Oh, wow. So Honda is all over the country advertising, but they obviously have an interest. They have budgets to hit and budgets to spend in Texas, and we help them um, achieve those goals just in Texas. So those are some national brands. We have insurance carriers. We've got uh, grocery, you know, regional grocers, all those sort of things. The other thing that's kind of a sweet spot for us is – Folks are trying to sell their products or services to schools. So we have a lot of, we have relationships with Nike, with Gatorade. We have relationships with uh, data services companies. They're trying to sell services to, um, to uh, high schools, uh, web streaming companies. They're trying to get into that high school market because they actually have commerce directly from those high schools. So those are the kind of the two levels we have. There's no one that doesn't fit us because if they're involved in business in Texas, we would attack them. We always thrive. The sweet spot for us is if they have a Texas-centric goal or Texas regional sure. goal or Texas pot of some funds. You know, Again, I was talking to folks with Coca-Cola in Atlanta and their national brand managers. I'm probably not getting past the first meet. If I'm talking to a regional director for Coca-Cola or the distributor bottler for Coca-Cola and they have funds and, and needs and budgets to hit sales goals in Texas, I'm going to get an audience because we, we deliver a, a unique experience. So that it's not necessarily a brand as much as it is finding the per person or persons um, that have a Texas focus or at least a Southwest focus because 
yeah, I don't do you much good would, in Oklahoma or North Dakota. And and also, it's the, if the company, you know, their main marketing director is in Atlanta, for instance, or New York City, they're probably not even going to understand the the impact that high school football would even have for them. Well, you brand. know what? You, you know what's funny? I say that uh, yes, in general, but that is really changing. And over the last, I started in 05. And over these 15 years, uh, more people from all over the country that don't have roots in Texas know of the phenomenon of Texas high school football. So we do get some calls. The key is they have to have a Texas focus because it doesn't, no one's going to. Some type of presence here. Yeah, but we'll get calls from folks that oversee a brand that have a budget or a goal in Texas, and they've never been to Texas before. But they've seen it. Honestly, some of it's the TV show slash movie Friday Night Lights, which was very popular. Uh, Some of it is uh, just how uh, ubiquitous Texas high school football players have been. I mean, the NFL, I think, has double-digit – had over double-digit starting quarterbacks last Sunday from the state of Texas. Your high school, Lake Travis, had two. Two high school – two kids – well, actually, Baker might have been out with a – with COVID, but I, I think he had COVID, but Baker, yeah. Garrett Wilson, yeah, and then you yeah. add in West Westlake, and Westlake has two also, right, right? That less than ten miles away, it was yeah. something like a sixth of the starting quarterbacks in the right. NFL from those two right. schools. Yeah, and you got you know Kyler Murray from Allen, you got Matt Stafford from Highland Park. So there, there, there's I think there was a week this Pat, year. Patrick, Patrick Mahomes. Patrick, Patrick Mahomes from as well. White House, I think it is. So it's yeah, it's uh, it's. It definitely was right at, or I think just over double digits one week this year. And that's amazing to think about. So it just seeps into the, into the culture. Again, like I said, we can sell to a national brand. They just have to have a Texas focus. And lately over the last five to 10, the folks, there are folks from outside the state uh, marketing in Texas that know of high school football. So we don't have to explain ourselves from scratch as often as we used to. Um, we still have to sometimes, but it's just becoming bigger and bigger. You uh, mentioned it a little, but I'm, you mentioned it a little, but I'm wondering how much the, the Friday night lights brand from the, from the book to the, to the movie, to the TV series has really added to the mythos of Texas high school school football across the country. And I'm I'm curious from your perspective, was especially the book as big when you were growing up in Texas as it was for me and my friends yeah. back in Sacramento? You know, it, I don't, I can't only really speak for Texas, but obviously it was a big, big deal. In fact, I, uh, it came out in 89, I think it was. I was working, right. I was in a college, but I was home in Dallas working at the Galleria during a, in, in Dallas, which is a big shopping area at the time when malls were big. And uh, Permian was in a state championship or late state playoffs or championship. So I was home for Christmas break working at Macy's of all places. We opened the store and all these people flooded in with stuff saying Mojo. I had no idea what it was. And someone said, that's the book that people are talking about. Um, I actually read that book. I still have it. Um, and it was great. And then it, that kind of subsided. And it was a, a arguably critical look, or at least an in-depth look at, at, at high school football, uh, both sides of it, all sides of it. Then the movie came out and it was fairly popular. But I think, and I wasn't working in the business when either the movie or the or the uh, the book came out, uh, as I was saying. But when the show came out a few years later, and it was – I mean, my opinion, very well done. And the high school portion of it, the high school football was neat, but that was secondary to the story. 
And sure. it kind of told the story of, of how important high school football was. And I, so to answer your question, I noticed a lot more, less explaining from folks out of state what high school football was about in Texas as that show became more popular. And I guess it's kind of got a little bit of a cult following. We had a side note. We had a funny uh, side part, a tiny part of that. Uh, we got called by their producers about making some mock covers of our magazine uh, to be featured in the show. And so, and we gave them some magazines, some real ones to use as props. So two or three times in the show, you'll see a fake cover of Dave Campbell's or just a real one on a coach's desk. And that was kind of fun. I'll have to uh, look for to that. that. I'll have to yeah. look for that. Yeah. You know, we, we, we would, so first of all, it's funny because we would actually, we all had the book on my team in Sacramento and we all would like read it in the locker room before a game. Yeah. And what's, what's funny is now my, now my son, he's a sophomore, him and his, his buddies, they all read it, have read it too. Is you know, right. that's, that's the longest book I'm sure any of them have ever read, but they're, they're all still into it. <laughs> they, they all, uh, it's always know, good to read the book. The, mo the movie is good. As I say, the movie is a quality movie, but it's not, there's massive departures from the book. So I would always recommend reading the book and watching the movie. And the TV show is really, it's called Friday Night Lights. It might as well just be called. It's TV not. Yeah. It's, 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 not, compl it's completely it's, different. Completely different. But they all well, were good. I, I think they all had a place and, uh, and you know, I, they were very entertaining. Yeah. Well, you know, turning to, uh, to, to college football for a minute, you know, cause I guess that's where the, the magazine started out. It's interesting right. in, in Texas, how, big for towns, even the, the college football, I'm sorry, turning to college football, how, how big college football is and just how many powerhouse schools they have here. Um, and I guess the last few years, you know, especially the, the UT fans are probably disappointed by the results, but right. it's incredible how just big football is at the college level here, even compared to other states. Um, well, we do, we, we do something that fun. Yeah, we do something fun on our site, or we did. We might have taken it down last year, this year with all the COVID stuff. But uh, TexasFootball.com is our digital presence. And um, we used to do something called a heat check, which is just a ranking of all the teams, not by quality, meaning that Texas playing is clearly, whatever their struggles are on the field, they would beat Abilene Christian 99 times out of 100 or 100 times out of 100. Sure. But we put just win, winning streaks and a couple other factors. We called it the heat check. Or something to that effect. Anyway, 40, there are 43 teams that play college football in Texas. 43. Oh, wow. Double digits play division F or FBS, so um, which is very unique. You know, now, California has a lot. Ohio has a lot. Florida has a lot, but not 43. And definitely That's not a lot. Uh, yeah, definitely not 10 uh, FBS schools. So, um, you know, funny thing about Texas is um, – the favorite team probably for most fans is the University of Texas and the most hated yeah. team for most fans is the University of Texas because, you know, you, you just don't, you know, I always try to tell people the difference between what's going culturally in a state like Oklahoma and Texas. Now, all apologies to Oklahoma State, great school, they're a great football team. You're a, if you're in Oklahoma and you had never, no association with either school, 85% of that state is going rooting for Oklahoma maybe 90%. Sure. And then the Oklahoma State contingent, they're loyal alum and folks that go there. In Texas, it's probably 35% of the state is rooting for Texas, but 65% is rooting against them. And it's just a different <laughs> different uh, 
you know, uh, just perspective. And, and that's just the way it is. I, I'll confess, I, that's where I went to school. I'm a Longhorn. Uh, my son is a senior at the University of Texas. Um, so, I, you know, I root for Texas as a personal fan. But I know while it's probably the biggest in a plurality, it's not the majority. And um, Texas being who it is and how its history and all the things that go into it, it just elicits a response one way or the other. You're either with them or you're against them. And in Texas, because the state is so big and so diverse with all those schools, I would argue informally it's the majority against them. Same with AM, same with some of the other schools. It just, you know, they, they elicit passion one way or the other. It's not, it, not they, everyone's rowing they, the, the boat in the same direction. They, they really do. I mean, we've gone to the, the, the UT Oklahoma game the last two years up in Dallas. And on the way back, yeah. we've stopped in different small towns for, for dinner on the way back to Austin. Right. And it is, you know, kind of like that. Like, you know, yeah. a quarter of the people are horned up and like a quarter yeah. of the people, and the most of the people right. are scowling at you. Right. And, right. and we're, we're, we're a bit unique and lucky that, you know, we, we come here having come from California and we, we get to root for all the teams. So, you know, we've been right, to right. all the different games and, you know, I'm, I'm embarrassed to say, I think I have hats for all the major, uh, the major colleges and, and uh, it, it's all, you know, rabid, amazing fan base right. there for, well, for my, my personal allegiance is to my alma mater, but my work allegiance, if any team from the state of Texas, breaks through and gets into that top 10 it's great for our business and traffic so right now AM is the best team in texas and have a shot to cfp so giga maggies there was a, a time until smu lost and they were on the cover of our football preview the summer book that we do so i was all in on smu and uh, from a work perspective because that's just the better the team the more interest so sure. uh, right now it looks like AM's on top of the food chain and, and i think they just postponed their game but they have a they have a legit shot to play off as of right now, so we wish them we wish them the best. They do. We we got to go to the uh, the A and M Oklahoma State of all people uh, bowl game last year in Energy Stadium oh, and Texas I mean, Bowl, just right? Amazing, amazing fan base there. Yeah, yeah, we're, we're, a, they're, we're they're, a partner of that bowl game. Oh, cool. So we do. We we do. We have a platform we call Mister Texas Football. Believe it or not, you know, Mister Mister Basketball for Indiana as a brand, you know, those things have been around, but no one had started a Mr. Texas football. So since that's our brand name, Texas football, we created it and copy, cover it, protected it. And the Texas bowl is one of our partners. So we actually announced it uh, at that game. And um, in fact, the, the player, we love the Mr. Texas football to stay in the state, but uh, Marvin Mims, who went to Oklahoma is our Mr. Texas football. So there um, you go. And we usually have the player there. I, I didn't work that game this year. I can't remember, but I've had, I've worked it a few years, and most of the time the player comes, we give him a cool trophy, and it's part of the pregame. But um, you, that's you a great bowl game, you, and I, I thought. Yeah, just out of curiosity, how many of the Texas bowl games are you are y'all affiliated with? Well, we don't. Um, we have kind of advertising sponsorship partnerships with the Cotton Bowl and the Texas Bowl. Um, okay. We used to do some things with the we used to do some work with the Alamo Bowl. Those are great people. It's an awesome event. So we want to support those bowls just in general. Certainly want to cover them and highlight them. But we have formal relationships with the Goodyear Cotton Bowl and the uh, and the Texas Bowl. Okay, cool. In terms of just getting back to advertising for a minute, how much has the the advertising medium changed from when you first started? I imagine yeah. you know it was mainly print and TV. 
and now social right. is such a big part of it. What's that transition been like and kind of what skill sets have you, has your organization had to develop over the years? Yeah, it's, it's nothing. If I go back and talk to my 35-year-old self who started in 2005, it's nothing like it. We sold a lot of it print ads, as you were asking or hinting at, and we had a small fledgling website. TexasFootball.com didn't know how to sell that. Still, you could argue we don't know how to sell that, but um, we have migrated into what we call integrated sponsorships uh, over the years, and that is taking, as I was saying earlier, taking a brand into the community. So on non-COVID years, this has been a weird one. Um, sure. We'll take, we might have an, uh, an agent or representative or a contractor to 15 games on a Friday, taking somebody with a tent, a table, a pregame presentation or pep rally the day before. We take them to the community. We use our media, the magazines. We do two two print books a year for Dave Campbell's football. They have a basketball book too, actually. But we, we use those as, as kind of anchors and, and do a lot of integrated content where they might have advertising or content in those, as well as texasfootball.com, as well as our social media to promote all the things we're doing in in the communities on a weekly basis but we're integrating it all so where we used to sell an ad to gatorade now we're taking their product to the state championships and making sure that the sideline looks like an nfl sideline with the tray or the the cart and the coolers and squeeze bottles and all that sort of stuff in some cases not gatorade but we're we're doing product drop-offs um we've got folks going like i said the pep rallies to student assemblies Anything we can do to take our media brand, highlight the kid, but we bring in the sponsor along the way. So sure. um, it's, it, it's, we have to surround, to differentiate ourselves, you know, just, we just have to do that. There aren't uh, agencies buying print-only media, or very many, if it left. That's just not what they do. So we're just doing all we can to integrate our digital content, uh, our community activation on site into what I call integrated sponsorships. Yeah. And I guess the integrate is the right word because a lot of what you're doing is, is more in-person stuff that I'm guessing you, you send right. off on social and stuff like that, but it really is right. a lot of in-person. Right. So if I'm, if I'm given a, yeah, if I'm given a, a scholarship presentation or a, or a, or a community spirit award that we come up, anything we can come up with to highlight a teacher, a parent, uh, a spirit squad, a coach, anything. We'll come up with a name to put on it, put a sponsor with it, take it to the community, and then we use our media to highlight it and amplify it. So, but the getting into that community. Now with COVID, we've done way more exactly as you and I are doing. We're doing presentations digitally and we've managed to fight our way through it. Uh, and maybe with all, like all things, uh, there'll be a lot more digital uh, presentations than what we've done in the past and not do as much on site. But on a, on a non-COVID year, in a given week, we might have 20 in-person appearances. Now, again, that includes just going to the coach's office and giving them something, a pep rally, student assembly, and a game. So we're, we're everywhere we can be uh, to get our products, our customers' products in front of those communities. Interesting. So COVID has obviously just changed stuff significantly, obviously doing more, you know, Google Hangouts, Zoom calls like we're doing now. What, what, how, how has that affected the, the season in general? Because I know like we can't even really get tickets to the, the varsity games right now on Friday. Right. It's had to change things we're, dramatically. Right. 
uh, well, you know, high schools are going to struggle. High school athletic departments are going to struggle. They, they are old school model, very little media revenue. It's almost all they have, you know, a school like Wake Travis has a sponsorship team or maybe probably the booster club and they have some sure. media rights revenue, but their revenue for the school district comes from ticket sales. Uh, you know, the, the NFL is losing money because it doesn't have ticket sales, but they're still making billions of dollars from TV. So, um, from a we we aren't a school district, but from a school district perspective, they're going to be hurting uh, for this loss. For us, we have done a pretty good job of substituting. You know, again, instead of talking to the coach and giving him a presentation, we put a digital background. I think I've got my blinds behind me, but we'll put a digital yeah. background uh, and and do things with sponsor logos and and blow that up on social and digital media to the best of our ability. Um, so we're not as reliant. If we had a one year, if there's a one year hiccup on attendance, it's okay. We can survive it. If over time, you know, the audience dwindled to 10% or 20%, it would show up in our, our clients would be going to games and there's no one there. So it doesn't look as good, but um, you, we're surviving. Have you, okay. Have you noticed any change? Cause I like, you know, I, the the high school games have always been on TV, but now I've noticed, like in our own our own house, you know, and we'll candidly have friends over on Friday night as well. But we're watching kind of on you know apps where we're streaming to our right. TV. Do you see that as kind of getting more popular in the future, or does that kind of depend on how long COVID lasts on? Well, you you, you might not be aware. So the way Texas was structured pre pre COVID is high schools were not allowed to show a live Friday game on TV or digitally streamed on Friday nights. So if a high school wanted their game, had a, an opportunity to put on TV or stream, and they wanted to do it live, they could move it to Thursday or Saturday. If you wanted a game on Friday, it would have to be delayed 30 minutes after its conclusion. That rule has been in place since television has been around. So this year, the UIL, who's our partner, decided to waive that rule uh, because of COVID. So schools that couldn't get the ticket um, revenue could sell their or go into partnership with a streaming company and or on their own or somehow try to monetize that digital stream. And maybe a few, a few more TV stations are doing live games as well. Now the cost to produce a streamed pretty decent quality uh, uh, football game is such a fraction of what used to be that a lot of people have gotten into the space. Right. And so it, it, you, so you've seen a tenfold or 20-fold increase of games this particular year. It remains to be seen if that rule – it's a prohibition that was basically waived if that waiver will continue in 2021. There's lots of strong opinion on that. I will tell you anecdotally, I don't have a study on this, um, most schools, this is an Adam phrase, but most schools, when they do convert their, do the math on tickets versus digital, they're stacking dimes to replace dollars. So right. they're not making, they're not making, there's a, there, it, any part of the paper, if there is a pay-per-view on the stream, they have a, a fraction of it. They probably bundled them and sold them. So they're making a dime for the dollar if that. So I, I have a feeling okay. there'll be some strong opinions to remove that waiver. But there's also a high demand. It's been very successful. And people have enjoyed watching the games on their laptops or their home you know, TVs or phones or whatever. So there's just going to be a lot of strong opinion. And we're in the middle of all that right now. Now, one last comment on that rule. 
didn't apply to high school playoffs. So there were opportunities to stream playoffs in the past. That might be what you're referring to. But this year was the first year regular season Friday night games were allowed to be streamed live in Texas. No, that, that, that's what I was talking about is, is this year. That's what we've had to do because we can't go to the games. But I'll also yeah. tell you that I think as right. soon as we're all allowed to go, we'll, we'll, we'll go back to the games. Because like as you said earlier, there, there really is nothing there, like it. There's certainly – yeah. Right. It, it, we'll see how it all plays out. And the UIL doesn't control the local rights, but they set that rule. So it's just it, – it is to be determined. There's some great parts about having these games available to you know, grandparents who don't live in the community or, or folks that just couldn't go to the game whether there was COVID or not. They can now see their kid, yeah. their family, their community, whatever it might be. So there's advantages of the waiver going away, and we'll just see how it unfolds over the next six months. Yeah, but that 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 you know, stacking dimes and missing the dollars is a is a good phrase because they can't be making as much money as they do from ticket sales. Right. Nowhere near, yeah. almost no chance. Almost. I mean, there might be a school like a Lake Travis that's incredibly advanced in their marketing and found some way, but for the most part, they're losing money. Yeah. Well, I really enjoyed uh, having you on. How can how can folks reach out to you if they are interested in your services? Yeah. So so our main outreach on the high school side is texasfootball.com and then click contact us then go to sportsandaction.com which is our company website um all of our great contents on texasfootball.com and we have a basketball product called texasbasketball.com so they can find me any one of those ways or they can go to sportsandaction.com and they can find my name and sportsandaction.com we have some case studies of how we've translated into this community outreach and um but the easiest way to do it is pick up the phone and call me once you get on the website find my name well, anyone anyone who who wasn't wasn't clear up front, you know, participating in Texas football as a sponsor is definitely one of the best ways you can possibly get reach Texas communities because it is it is the, uh, the so. best and the biggest thing going. So, well, again, Adam, we really appreciate so well. it. Thanks so much for your time. You bet. Take care. Have a great night. You too. Bye bye. Bye.